Our text is Psalms chapter 1, verse 3. Psalms chapter 1, verse 3. I um, titled this message, Like a Tree Planted by the Rivers of Water. Uh, you know, we have here at Central Baptist, we have a, uh, a children's church. And so the boys and girls, they, they're over there. I believe it's in the dining hall, I think. It's either dining hall or the elementary chapel. But they're, they're around here somewhere, okay. Uh, and better people than me are over there doing it. But uh, uh, they work with those children. And so they have children. But years ago, years ago, uh, they didn't have children's churches. And a lot of times what they would do is that they'd have the boys and girls come down to the front and the pastor would tell them a sto Bible story and uh, make an application for them and, and then they'd go back to their seat for the rest of the church service and the parents liked being a part of it and seeing it but uh, this may be one of the reasons why you rarely see that anymore. Uh, preacher Robin Down was talking on Jonah and the well. Jonah and the great fish. Okay. Some say well, like the New Testament. Some say great fish, like the Old Testament. Same, same thing. He gets swallowed. Okay. And so, uh, he, he tells the story and how Jonah prayed and, and, and the fish vomits him up on dry land. So, after going through all of that, he says, now boys and girls, who can tell us what that really means? How do we apply that today? And one of the boys said, it shows that even fish can't stand a bad preacher. <laughs> I guess that's why we quit doing that, okay? We just send them over there. All right. Okay, Psalms chapter 1 and verse 3. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to preach your word today. And Lord, it is your word, and it must be thy Holy Spirit that works through it. Lord, I pray that you just do a special work in each heart through your word whether it's in this auditorium or listening by way of radio or internet. And we would ask it in Jesus Christ's precious and holy name. Amen. Now, of course, we've been preaching on Psalms 1, and yet the messages have had different emphasis on them. But if you missed one and you want to go back and say, well, what have they said so far? Well, you can go to our website, centralbaptistocala.org, or you can go to the other one, sermonaudio.com slash Central Baptist. And if you do that, you'll go and you'll see the sermons that are there. I think we probably have close to 5,000, if not more than that, sermons that were preached here on our website. So that kind of gives you an idea of uh, the sermons that we've had here. And you can even check by Bible and uh, do it that way as well to find out what sermons uh, on a particular passage that may have been preached that you'd like to hear. But uh, I'm just saying all that to uh, say that uh, this is continuing, so if you're just new today or you haven't been here for the others and you want to hear it, then you can go back to one of those sites and, and catch up with it. But uh, as we look here, we remember some things that we said in a previous message on the symbolism that is used in Scripture. Now, oftentimes, 
when we talk about symbolism, the Bible tells us what it's symbolizing. We don't have to make it out ourselves. The Bible will tell us about it. And here we were looking at the word water. And the word water uh, stands for the word of God. And, and we look at, verses, uh, at verse 2 of this Psalms chapter 1. As a matter of fact, verse 1 said, uh, a blessed of God man, you know, he, he doesn't do some things. It lists those things that he doesn't do. But verse 2, a blessed of God man does do some things. And one of those things that in his law, that is the word of God, doth he meditate day and night. It's something that he does that affects his everyday life. And that's how he grows in the Lord. So the Bible basically then is a water that quenches the thirst of a thirsty soul in a world that's dried up by sin and failure. And so we need the Word of God. We need to think on it so it's always there. It's like water in the refrigerator that you've kept cool, that during the day when when it's warm and hot and, or something else, you can go to it and get that water out and drink of it. And so we saw the importance of water. Uh, and I want you to just say a little bit more on that. We, we covered some scriptures. For example, in John chapter 1, uh, verse, the first three verses, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word God, okay, the Word God. The Word was made flesh, verse 14 says, and dwelt among us. That's Jesus Christ. The Word made flesh, dwelling among us. Okay, the Word is God. The Word made flesh is Jesus Christ. And so we see that going in that direction. And then in John chapter 7, verse 38, it says, He that believeth on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. When you get saved, you're cleansed by the blood. And understand, though, when Jesus was on the cross, they plunged a spear to his side after he'd given up the ghost, and out came blood and water. The water and the Word. But we see the Holy Spirit. Who poured out his wrath on the Son? The Father. Do you realize that in our salvation, that the entire Trinity is involved? And the entire Trinity is involved in your Christian growth as well. That tells you that God loves each of us. That's why we should meditate in His Word. Another passage that we shared with you was in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26 and 27, that He might sanctify and cleanse it by the washing of water by the Word. That is, the Word of God. It is like 
clean flowing water that's cleansing all the filth, all the dirt, all the stuff that is there clogging things up and takes it away. And so, like that blood and water that fl flowed from his side at the cross, there we see that our sin is paid for and we are cleansed. Then we got uh, into 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 and 25. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. How? By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. The word, the water. You don't get saved without the word of God. You don't get saved without the word of God. Verse 25, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. You see, this word of God is God. We have a written word, and we have the living word. There's no contradiction. We've not lost any of Christ, and we've not lost any of it all, because it's all preserved, because he's God. Now, we don't worship the Bible, but we do worship the God who breathed out every word. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit of God. These three divine personages in one divine essence breathed out this word, and they do preserve it. So, we looked into that. We see, for example, in Psalms 119, verse 89, that His word is forever settled in heaven. Verse 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Yes, His Word is a lamp unto our feet. It shows us ourself, shows us what we've got to do to take care of ourselves, to clean up. But it's also a light to our path to show us the direction in which we should go. Now, with that thought on water, we look back at the text, and it says there in Psalms chapter 1, verse 3, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he shall do shall prosper. Now we're seeing the idea in this passage then of the water. Seeing the Word of God that we have our hands on, that's available, that's preserved for us. That we might know the mind and the will and the way of God. And it cleanses us. And so... We find that whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. But now, that's the result of letting the word flow through you, be a part of you. That's why you meditate in it day and night, and it becomes that light unto your feet and, and, a, and, and a lamp unto your feet and a light to your path because it shows yourself so you can do something about it and it becomes light to show you the direction to go. Now, if you don't do the cleanup and you don't go in the direction, don't expect to prosper. Now, we think of prosper, we think of, okay, man, making a good living, getting money, nice house, nice this, nice that. Or we think about the uh, various recognitions that we've received and things like that, and they're nice. Uh, but don't forget, they're all left behind. They're all left behind. It's only the eternal things that count. 
It's, as the little saying goes, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And so, look at your life and say, is it prospering for Christ? Because we don't measure prosperity into saying, oh man, that guy's a good Christian and so if anybody's going to be rewarded, it's going to be him because, boy, he's honest and he's nice and things of that nature. Uh, but it's the Word of God, and it is the Lord by whom we are judged. And so your measurement is not necessarily God's measurement. And the prospering has to come through the Word of God. Now, one of the things we do is that we separate from the world and we get our minds immersed in the Word of God, immersed in the water of the Word, while seeking to follow and acknowledge Him in all of our ways. As Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding in all thy ways. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, you know, you don't have to pray about that. Yeah, you do. You say, I tithe. Do I need to pray about tithing? Well, one thing you'll hear me often when I pray up here for our time, we take up the Lord's tithes and your offerings. I know by the word of God that it has a sweet savor that ascends unto God. So my heart is to do it as something I can do for the Lord, although what I give is what He's given me. But it's a way to worship God. But in doing that, following His ways, I also got to understand that if I don't pray about it, God may be wanting me to give not just a tithe, but an offering. And so I seek Him, he may want me to give some more. He may want me to give something towards something that is in His work. Well, the preacher will tell me, no. Better hear from the Lord. Hear from the Lord. But if you're not walking in the Word, you're not acknowledging Him in all your ways, you're not going to hear from Him. You know, the, uh, John, Jesus was uh, teaching there, John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Can you honestly say you hear the voice of Christ in your heart? Is it as familiar to you as the voice of your spouse? Uh, for an example, we think a feeling is the voice of God. No, it's not necessarily a feeling. God speaks to us through His Word. And if you're not in the Word, you're not going to know the voice of God. You should know the voice of God so well that you immediately know God's speaking to me. And it's always, 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 always in accordance with His Word. Never against His Word. The will of God will always be in 100% agreement with the Word of God. Always. Always. 
And so, as a tree planted by the rivers of water, that speaks of stability. I mean, true stability speaks of the life of a Christian who, in all seasons of life, I mean, that tree by the river of waters, it may be solid. It may be standing well. But storms come. There are thunderings, there are lightnings, there are, there are winds, and there are all kinds of things. It may be an earthquake. But it's planted by the river of waters. It's in solid ground, and its roots reach down deep and then over into that river. And it takes of the water and brings that water in. And as it brings that water in, it nourishes the tree. And it helps that tree to reproduce the leaves. They don't wither because it's constantly fed by the water. And you see, this is what he's trying to show us in our Christian life. Stay in the Word. Start the day out in the Word. Think of it as you go throughout the day. Remember, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. He was speaking of the Spirit which he'd give. The Spirit of God works through the Word of God. You know that, as you think of those uh, roots going down into the water, and it draws the water up. And what, there's something within those roots that draws the water up and to the tree, feeding all the tree. This is the river for us. The Holy Spirit is given to us who are saved. It gives us the, he gives us the Holy Spirit. And as we stay in the Word, the Holy Spirit draws that water, the Word, up through, giving life to the various areas of our life because it's a water of life. That's why when we witness the gospel to a lost world, we're presenting to them the water of life. If they receive it and they accept it, they can be saved because the water of life, it flows through the word of God. That's why we use the word of God whenever we witness to someone, it must be in accordance with the word of God. There are storms that come in life. There are all kinds of storms that come in life. You have trials. Becoming a Christian did not eliminate trials. Sometimes he created more. I mean, look at the Apostle Paul. He got saved. Then his life was a life of persecution and trial, troubles, the rest of the way through. But then he said, well, the things I lost are just really dung. They don't mean anything. He was looking ahead in Philippians 3, 8 to what the Lord was going to do. And, and, and that's so much better. We read in Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Have you ever said, oh man, they're making false accusation. I mean, have you ever had close friends, life friends, all of a sudden come out with a false accusation? It hurts. Might be family, and it hurts. It's people of God, and it hurts. And it's false. And it hurts so badly. 
So do you think, boy, I'm blessed. No, we usually don't think that. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all matter of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. And it's for his name's sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets that were before them. Now, when you think about that, the prophets before them. You live with eternity set in your heart, and you realize, oh, those things hurt, but he will give me the grace for it. I want you to think about, for just a moment, think about uh, Stephen being stoned. Stephen is stoned. And as those men are hitting him with the stones, they bite on him. They do these different things to Stephen. And yet, in the midst of that, Stephen's like Jesus on the cross saying, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. The idea is he said that over and over. But Stephen now is feeling the stones pelting his body. He's feeling fully the pain. Everything is coming at him. And on his knees he says, Father, don't hold this sin against them. He was praying for his captors and evidently his prayer got, prayed because, uh, got answered because the Apostle Paul, who's the one that said, okay, at that time it wasn't the Apostle Paul, his name was Saul. Kill him! He had the authority to go ahead and say, stone him to death. He had that lawful authority. That is law from man, not from God. And they stone him to death. But when you find later Paul giving his testimony, just about each time he talks about Stephen. You see, that prayer was answered. And that moved his heart when he heard that from him. And so, the fact, whatsoever you do shall prosper, to me, talks about a sure reward. Because it won't be left behind. There are treasures being laid up in heaven. A sure reward. Because it stood the test. Did Stephen stand the test? Yes. We don't get stoned to death. But I wonder, how many times have we had somebody say something about us, make a false accusation, whatever. And by the way, if you live for Jesus and you go all out for the Lord, they'll come in, and many times they come in from God's people. It's just that those God's people are not being very godly when they do. First Peter in chapter 4, you see them 
being compared with murderers when they're busybodies. They've got to give their two cents on anything that someone's doing, and then they hear gossip about it, they've got to add to it. That's not laying up reward for them by a long shot. But I can tell you this, that person doesn't allow those things that people are saying, those things that people are trying to do and to actively oppose, they don't let it make them quit. And they stick in the will of God. They'll find that God gives grace to stick. You just have to have the commitment to say, okay, he's my Lord, he's my God, I'm not quitting for any reason. If I go through the stones hitting my body, then it was God's will and he had a purpose. But it's going to come out so much better in eternity. It's a sure reward because you stood the test. Another result is that the beautiful leaves that honored the tree withering and falling they would have if there wasn't a river of water that the roots of the inner man was not attached to to draw in the water of the word of God. And when you do that, and you draw in the water of the word, his leaf shall not wither. The reward will not pass away. He who is a Christian but lives as the world loses that of which God wanted to give to him to beautify his eternity. In the beauty of holiness. Instead, he arrives at heaven's shore, ashamed at his appearing. Now I've got all this down. Because I'm drawing you to Revelation chapter 22 here pretty soon, but not today. But I do want you today, as a Christian, if you're saved, you know you're saved, I want you to think on this very thing. Am I living by the Word? Do my daily actions show that I'm walking with God? Do I try to justify the flesh because I like the way it makes my flesh feel to do that or to do this? You try to justify disobedience to God. Whether it's about prayer, whether it's about your time in the Word of God, whether it's about church attendance, whether it's about any of those things. You can justify it in your mind but it's not your mind you're trying to justify it before. It's supposed to be before God. And it can't be justified if it goes against the Word of God. You say, well, preacher, why are you preaching like that for? Because God put me here. And I've got a great accountability if I don't preach it. 
And why, what kind of love would I have for anybody in this house today if I didn't care if you didn't finish well? If I didn't care that you were ashamed at his appearing? You may not like me when I say this is wrong, that is wrong. I mean, I can remember people getting upset with me when I just said something about contemporary music in a church. I committed the abomination of desolation that probably was as far as Satan was concerned. But you know what? God's blessed anyway. Because you stick by it and you don't quit even though that there is criticism and things of that nature. Now, I'm not lifting me up. I'm just saying you stick by the Word You'll know that there'll be criticisms, there'll be false accusations, there'll be everything that else comes up, but you just stand. Stand on the Word and don't, never, don't ever, 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 ever quit. Stay true to the Word. Stay faithful to the Lord. And get to know Him intimately and personally by reading His Word and then asking the God, the Father, to bring the water of the Word by His Spirit up into your understanding and ask him in the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who paid your penalty on the cross. And did he not do that? Yes, he did. But let me just point this out. Jesus Christ died for all sin for all time. He paid the penalty in full. Yet not everybody will go to heaven. Why? Because they don't receive him. Receive his person to be the Lord, to be the God in their heart and life. I remember here, it wasn't long after I took over as pastor, a baby, people weren't members of our church. But the baby died during the night and called SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. Died. Died that very moment. Died that very day. They woke up and they have a dead child. Oh, that mother, that father was broken. They claimed to be saved. But when I asked, are you going to church? Well, no, no. Well, this and that and the excuses. What a shame. What a shame it is to be a dad or a mom. Not to have power with God because your life's not right with God. And your life's human, your child's human life depends upon it. Well, the preacher will pray. Church will pray, but God gave that child's responsibility to you. And you failed God, and thereby you failed your child. And the truth of the matter is that you've got to question yourself, am I truly saved? Do you know that if you die today, the heaven's your home? Not did you say a prayer, not did you get baptized, but was there that time when you realized, I'm a sinner and I'm headed to hell? Jesus died for every sin I ever have or ever will commit. 
was buried, and he rose up victorious over hell and the grave. He did that for me. Therefore, I'm inviting him in. I'm going to receive him into my heart, my life, as my Lord, my God, my Savior. He's the head now, not me. The decisions I make are based on what he puts in my heart from his word. If you don't do that, my friend, if you don't do that, then you're trying to face this life on your own, and it's going to fail. If you're not sure you died today, the heavens are home. See, you may have never got saved. You may have said the right words, but it's with the heart man believes unto righteousness. Let me close with this illustration. We were talking about this yesterday, so I guess it just brings it back to mind right now before we close. Brother Jim Peebles, he and his wife Jackie were celebrating their fifth, 50th anniversary. And we were invited to go, and it was way out there, way far out in the country. Not there where the house is, there's another place they had, way out there. And so it was out there, I mean, it's really a nice place and all that. We got the horseback ride, I loved that. But just some things we got to do. But one of his sons flew in on an ultra-light plane and landed there. I went over, looked at it, I thought, I've never seen a lawnmower engine fly anything. You know, and I'm looking at that thing, and he said, would you like to go up? Probably thought it was a chicken. I said, yeah, I'd like to just try it, see what it's like. Will it hold me? Because I think I outweigh it, you know. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll get us up there. So I said, sure, let's do it. So we take off. We're getting up in the air, and I look down. My feet are on a bar, and that's it. There's no floor. I mean, if my teeth aren't glued in, they're going down, okay? But I see all of that, but then when I got up there, it was wonderful. It was wonderful to see all that scenery, to fly over the forest and see the things that were there. It, it was just, I mean, that was a special thing. And brought us back, we landed. That was one of the greatest thrills I had. I, I told him at Jim's funeral, I said, man, I'd do that again in a heartbeat. He says, it's been years since I've done that myself. But what I'm saying is, is this. He flew in on it so I could say it could fly me. But I would dare say probably there'd be a number of you that say, yes, it can fly you. But it's not going to fly me. Okay. In your head, you believe that it can fly you. In your heart, that is trusting it with your life, you're not going to trust it. You're not trusting Jesus with just your head. You're trusting him with your life. And if you're not doing that, don't call yourself saved. And my friend, I can tell you right now, I don't care if you're a church member. I don't care if you've been baptized. The question is not, are you a church member baptized? I mean, you should be baptized after your salvation, but you need to be saved first. Do you know if you died today that heaven's your home? Let's bow our heads.